Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Hey everybody and welcome back to the 2019 Black History Month campaign. Icons, rock stars, and innovators. And speaking of icons, rock stars, and innovators, I'm here with Liv Lewis. Hi, Liv. Hey. How are you? I am excellent. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm excited to speak to you today. I'm excited to speak to you today. Oh, man. This is going to be fun. This whole content series has been more than exciting. Everyone's been telling us about their journeys, yes. their perspectives on the golden era of black so advertising. Important. So, so I'm important. ready to get your perspective. My perspective, well, I come from a background of actually not black advertising. I came mm. from a general market communications Same. firm where, you know, there were only one, right? You're the token one when mm. everyone asked you how every black person should act. Yep. And it's like, huh? Um, and so for me, my journey has been one to where now I realize I'm enough. Mm. And that self-discovery took maybe 15 years to really be true to myself, to yeah. land now at a multicultural firm right. where it doesn't feel like work, it feels like a personal journey and also feels very purposeful. Got it. And I had, there were a lot of lessons, one of you know being told like two, too bold, too direct, too much of everything, too transparent, and you grapple with that when coming from a communications firm or coming from a general market mm -hmm. firm because you sometimes feel you have to stifle yep. um, who yourself, you are. Mm -hmm. and that is what I thought I had to be in working at these firms. And what I started to realize right. was I was also stifling my creativity because all of me was not present as I was working on these these advertising campaigns or right. these creative campaigns, telling these stories, I felt very much like I held back. And I, my career started to struggle a little mm -hmm. bit and I had to actually take a step back to really figure out, well, who am I? And it wasn't until I started to see women dominating pop culture, um. women that were kind of being strong and telling their own truths, and it, they gave me the courage right. to be brave enough to be my true self. It's amazing that you actually bring that up because yeah. I know there are a lot of people that have experienced feeling like they had to stifle themselves, mm -hmm. especially when not seeing too many people or women yeah. primarily that may look uh, like myself, quite right. frankly. Right. So it'd be great to hear how you actually got into the business. How did you find yourself at a general market communications agency? Well, I hail from Maryland and I knew Maryland couldn't hold me down. Mm. I knew, and this is the days with Sarah Jessica Parker, Sex in the Come City. On, Sex so in the I needed, City. I knew I was going to be Samantha Jones. Listen, I and I was watching it. I, I was knew, like, but what I didn't realize was, oh, it's expensive to live. Are you, you didn't, you, Jimmy Choo, anyone? No, no. <laughs> no, and the fact that that was not a story that was told to me right. as I just came thinking I was gonna come. So I, I came to New York specifically to work in fashion, actually, mm, and Sweaters in your oven, got I, it. <laughs> Yep. The exact same plot line. Yep. I knew it, right? And I came and I, I knew I didn't know anyone, so I had to be strategic in my approach. Like, right. I started, I went to FIT and I got an associate's, but I had already had a bachelor's in communications. Mm -hmm. And so, working and learning the ropes of fashion in New York, I worked at Tommy Hilfiger and I was an intern. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't understand, and this is key in internships, was there was no plan to show me the business of fashion. And so, I quickly got out of it because I didn't think 
it was anything more than playing with clothes. It was no program, not faulting Tommy, obviously. Right. I just didn't know what to ask for. I didn't know what I needed to know. Exactly. And, and I didn't have that mentor. Yep. That's a huge key in kind of helping me shape my career. Exactly. Lay so, it out for you. Exactly. And that's huge. And that's one of the things that I now look for in, in giving back to and adding mm -hmm. value to other people so they can avoid some of these pitfalls that I found myself in. And so working in um, fashion, I quickly realized, well, I need to figure out what is it that I'm doing here because the Samantha dream is gone, honey. Um, <laughs> it's too expensive it and too, too small and too it was, everything. Well, it wasn't realistic. Exactly. Which, I mean, if you think about the show now, why, were I, why was I even looking at that? I didn't see myself. I it just, was a fun show. It was a great show. <laughs> I still watch it. I still, it still comes on, right? And so I went into beauty. I mm. went to work at Calvin Klein mm. um, launching the Eternity Moment uh, fragrance, I think it was with, with Scarlett Johansson, before mm. she was ScarJo. And I quickly, <laughs> and we launched it at the Hotel Gansworth before the rats, oh. okay? This is when Hotel Gansworth was amazing, um, which also dates me. It's like, <laughs> no comment, but I'm like, yep, I'm seeing a time period in my head right now. Got right. it. And so uh, working in the beauty industry, I, I felt excited to learn about this industry, but I quickly figured out Hmm. And through other people, yep. well, being in-house was something that you you did after you got your career mm. about an agency. And so I started to look for an agency where I could get that experience. Because I knew coming to New York, I'm very driven. Mm. I'm about climbing the corporate ladder. And so I was looking for opportunities to be able to learn as quickly as possible. Got it. Yeah. And so I did. Um, I left Calvin Klein. I went to a small boutique firm. And that's where I learned media relations, the value of relationships, deepening those relationships, mm -hmm. fostering those relationships, because at the end of the day, that's what this business is about, right? I mean, exactly. you're telling stories, but there's also key relationships you need to understand, work, and foster to be able to grow and to be able to learn. Right. And so I did that for about a year and then went to a bigger firm where I worked at my first CPG account, and it was Crest, and I was there for um, five years. Mm. And that is where I learned holistic marketing. That's where I realized, oh my gosh, it's not just communications. Yep. There are all these other touch points in telling a, a whole story. But that is also realizing that, oh, there's a piece of the story in Crest that we're not telling, and that was the African-American mm -hmm. approach to oral care. And so working with our, our, our communications firm and our communications touch points within P&G, we then created a smaller campaign where we targeted um, African-Americans. So it happened to be Black History Month, and we talked about the importance of oral health because what people didn't realize was oral health led to improper oral health led to other disease gum disease, heart, diabetes, et cetera. And so from DeVries, DeVries Communications is yeah. I learned that, parlayed into Citizen PR, and that was another agency focusing on C CPG work, and then landed at um, a time in my life where I just had my son, I quickly had another kid, and I was grappling with being a, a mom, knowing the importance of that, but still wanting to grow my career yep. and the importance of that as well. And I had this internal struggle of well, what comes first. And so I made a couple of career jumps because I, I didn't realize what I was struggling with. I just right. thought it was the job, not you need to do some internal work to figure out what Liv wants. Mm -hmm. And from, from jumping a few times in and not really working out, I really took a step back to really figure out what is what is my purpose here? Yep. What am I really doing? And it's actually that time that I got into this road of discovering that I actually I am enough because I was seeking roles only with the lens of GM. Yep. 
And so it so happened after I took a three year, it took three years to get to that. I mean, I raised my kids and now they didn't need me anymore when I decided to come back into um, the role. I knew I was looking for a role where I could add value, right. but I was also looking for a place to call home. And it just so happened that uh, Igami Group was they were looking for someone that would have my skill sets, but also too, they were looking for someone to be an advocate for nice. them and be an advocate for the storytelling that we wanted to do. It's amazing to know that there are agencies that still are not just looking for you know what you can add, but obviously what they can also help you or add to your life as yeah. well. So that's amazing yeah. that that's a part of your story. Yeah. Recognizing that you come from the communication side and, mm -hmm. and storytelling, one of the stories that we're telling through this campaign is about um, the golden era yes. of black advertising, which we're earmarking as the late 1960s to the early 1990s. Mm -hmm. And specifically during that time period, we're telling stories about how there became an, uh, there became a larger feeling of uh, empowerment, um, collective feeling of empowerment mm -hmm. from people. Do you feel that we might be in a time or in a culture that's very similar to that? And if so, how? Yeah, I think we are in a culture in a time where it's, it's very similar. I think we've made progress, but there's so much more work mm -hmm. to be done. Specifically thinking about the amount of advertising dollars that's put forth multicultural, yep. it doesn't really match the spending power of African Americans in this country, and there needs to be a reckoning almost to showcase yep. that this, this consumer is important. In fact, this consumer is going to be your general market in the next few years yep. and calibrating that is huge and I think it's important for individuals such as myself to be able to continue to push that narrative to advertisers and make them see the importance of this 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 community and this audience. Amazing and yeah. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And with that we are focusing on icons, rock stars and innovators. Yeah. Do you have any or are there any innovations whether culturally, whether through technology or even just through approach to communications mm -hmm. that came about during the golden era of black advertising that we should most likely be celebrating this month? Yeah, absolutely. I do think that the role of the influencer, not the influencer that we are thinking about where it's social, but when Burrell, for mm -hmm. example, started putting talent that looked and was doing things like me, middle class America, mm -hmm. black America, and almost humanizing us and almost raising their hand to say, we are just, we're the same right. general market consumer. We are the same. We do the same thing. We brush our teeth. We wash. We wash the cars. We the definitely same. brush our we teeth. We do. We we take whole showers. <laughs> whole showers. Whole showers. Everything. <laughs> I think bringing that aspect to the forefront and telling and showing that to the advertising mm -hmm. to consumers was something that was birthed out of that era and mm -hmm. vital to this day. Yeah. It looks different now, but I think that was the only way for them to really see us, mm -hmm. and it was an important part of the narrative as you start to look at, well, African-Americans and challenging those preconceived notions yes. of who, who we are, how we acted, how we behaved, rectifying that and being able to showcase that yep. was huge in that, in that era. And it's still even and huge it's still today. Huge, yeah. And I think it's interesting because when you work in a firm, like I work at Igami Group, I know that I have one, a service to my client, but I also have to represent my community and making yeah. sure that the stories we're telling are authentic and right, right, specifically as it relates to the insights. 
if you have the insights right about us, then your communication, mm -hmm. your story is going to feel right and therefore resonate with your consumer, mm -hmm. and they're going to understand that. They'll say, ah, they get me, and then of course then, purchase intent is there exactly raising your hand to be a part of a cause is there because they knew you took the time to know them that resonance I would say is probably yeah, more absolutely. important now than ever absolutely. and with that it's it's actually great that you brought up um, Burrell and, and their contribution yeah. to uh, the industry today but there are also other what we call multicultural agencies mm -hmm. such as the Carol H Williams agency absolutely. as well as Uniworld and countless others that have come across uh, or that have come about in um, years past and, and current days, but can you, or do you have a perspective on why these agencies may have sustained so long mm -hmm. in this business? Well, they do great work. <laughs> there it is. They do great work, and it's not either or. Mm -hmm. Why can't it be an and? If, if not, why can't it be a better? Why is it that? Uh, and it's interesting, the approach to general market, you focus on one, AA, you focus on all that. I think there's rich value in having an advertising agency that's mm -hmm. focused and understand the cultural nuances, the cultural competency that needs to happen exactly. in an advertising campaign. Because it, all of America now is a part of AA. And exactly. so when you have a, African-American agencies could tell two sides of the story. They understand general market and they understand AA. They may be even poised to be doing it better. And I mean, you guys were able to show that with the Ugamin Group and absolutely. recently I can, right? Yeah, we just won a, a can line for the work we did with My Black is Beautiful in the Talk. And it was a nuanced approach where we brought that human insight mm -hmm. to the table to say this is a talk that we're having and then working with a BBDO to be able to put forth the producing aspect yep. of it and creating the story. But without the nuance, it would have fall, fallen flat. Exactly. And what we saw is we did so well, One, the intention was never to win awards because it was a personal story, but it did so well because it was so true. Right, and it resonated. And it's so true, <laughs> you can't deny it, albeit people kind of said it, it didn't happen, but how can you, how can you negate something that we're all saying, no, I remember when I had. Mm -hmm. And people were searching for a place to share that story. I remember when, I remember how it made me feel, and then, I have to give that talk. What am I going to say? I have a young son. Exactly. And having a platform like that is going to be able to give me the tools to have that conversation is vital in this time in America. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for joining us Absolutely. for this content this series today. It's pleasure. always a pleasure speaking with you. So good to see you. Thank you. <laughs> and obviously, it's a great um, thank you all for watching uh, this content series as well. We will be back with more. But thank you. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thank you. All right, take care. Take care.